Get road trip ready with a service checkup at your local Chevy dealer. They can save you time and money and get the job done right the first time, worry-free. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com for current service specials or to schedule a test drive. It's only been 100 days, and Brandon Johnson is already playing his race card, isn't he? I'm not the first person of color, particularly a black man, that will be held to different standards than other administrations, wine Johnson to MSNBC. Brandon went on to say, you all read the press, I don't. But you look at these dynamics, you know, there's been a certain particular coverage of me, right? Think about it. You know, there's coverage of me being slow, right? Johnson said, these are microaggressions. And if you don't have the lens of those who have lived through these experiences, well, you just miss it. Microaggressions, Mayor Johnson? I covered Harold Washington. He doesn't use microaggressions. He wanted to get in your face, he did. And he didn't want to get in your face, he did. If he wanted to dance with the Polish lady at, dance a polka with the Polish lady at the uh, rally, he did. He was a man. This mamby pamby playing around the edge is pathetic and not and demeaning and not worthy of a, a mayor or a city like Chicago. And on top of it, here comes Stacey Davis-Gates, who has vilified parents who dared consider take, taking their kids out of public school and putting them in private parochial schools through a scholarship program supported by the state that Pritzker and Stacey Davis-Gates of the Union wants to kill. And she's trying to kill it this week. With her, with her obedient Democratic robots in the legislature. But here's the thing. It's just out now that Stacey Davis-Gates is sending her, his child, her child to a private parochial school. Oh, my. And you know what she says? She says uh, she's not a racist. She's just doing this for educational opportunity. Yeah. But what about all the thousands of other uh, black and Latinos that are trying to do the same thing that you have denied? You have denied them because you have the power to deny them. Typical, hypocritical, democratic leftist politics. It never changes, does it? Ever, ever changes. Now, you won't hear much about this. You might hear it on some TV shows. You won't hear it much on broadcast but here on the chicago way you'll hear it we have paul vellis former candidate for mayor proponent of uh the the illinois scholarship program to talk about stacy davis gates and brandon johnson and of course jeff carlin is here as always to talk about well to talk about anything he can because he can he's jeff Master of Pies, friend of cats, and executive producer at WGN Radio. And I'm John Cass, husband, father, Greek Orthodox Christian, editor-in-chief of your favorite website for common sense, johncassnews.com. And where are you as Stacey Davis-Gates tries to defend her hypocrisy, as she tries to stop parents from doing what she's doing herself, sending her kid to a private parochial school? When as Brandon Johnson plays the race card? Where are you? 
listening to all this, you're on the Chicago way on WGN+. Plus. So this is a guy who lives high on the hog and he has this Tammany Hall style attitude to power. And um, it is, it's the Chicago way, absolutely. Look, the, the, the Chicago way is a deep cultural phenomenon. It's the Chicago way. The Chicago way. That's the focus. In a tower by the river, there lived a man. There was a man who took a stand with pen and paper in his hand, defeating foes in every ward with a pen more mighty than the sword. No escape from his ink lasso in a tower by the river, Castle. You know how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. As promised, Paul Bellis, former CEO of the schools, former candidate for mayor and governor, lost to Brandon Johnson in the Blue City, and has been called a fascist by none other than Stacey Davis Gates, the union boss, CTU union boss, and Brandon Johnson's puppet master, who sends her own child to a private school, even though she's trying to stop that for other children, black children and Latino children in Chicago. Paul Bellis, welcome to the Chicago Way. Well, thanks for having me back, John. Well, it's this is the day to have you back because... Yeah. We're about, you know, Jeff Carlin is all about news, you know, <laughs> tough talking, you know, newsman that he is. And sure. uh, we, <laughs> Jeff, have you ever seen a, what is the, the planets are in line because you've got, what do they call that? Where Brandon is calling everyone a racist for saying he's slow and black. And uh, even though no one even saying you're right. slow. Right. And Stacy is calling people racist or fascist, for questioning that she'd send her child to a Catholic school, just like Mayor Daly did. Right. Here's here's a a quick snapshot for those who aren't following it. But if you're looking at headlines, as we tape this, uh, with Stacey Davis-Gates defends sending her son to a private school. That's a a Chicago paper. Uh, Chicago teacher union boss who denounced school choice as racist has son in private school. That's a conservative leaning paper. Let's go to uh, another conservative union paper. Union chief calls private schools fascist but sends her son. Let's go back to Chicago. Stacey Davis Gates defends son's private school enrollment. What's different about those headlines, Paul? What are we seeing there? What what, are we, what have you seen personally that doesn't make any sense? Well, let me point out that, uh, first of all, uh, every parent uh, has not only the right but an obligation to find the best child to, to find the best school for her child whether it's charter public uh, traditional public or parochial uh, so i certainly don't do not disparage mm-hmm. uh, parents right to find the best school but but the hypocrisy the, but. Yeah. the hypocrisy is in the fact that she has not only been a a uh, an opponent of school choice but that she has condemn those who want to provide poor families, working families, with the educational choices that her and many of her colleagues enjoy. Because remember, most of the teacher union leaders and many of their supporters, in fact, 40% of the teachers, send their kids 
to, to a parochial schools or they find a way to get their kids into the select enrollment magnet schools. So at right. the end of the day, that's good. If you can get your kid in a better school, all the better. But do not condemn those parents that are trying to get their kids who are not your members, who are not part of your leadership team. Uh, don't condemn those parents who are seeking better education, too. Not only has the Chicago Teachers Union uh, taken a lead role in destroying the extremely modest tax credit tuition scholarship program that right. I, that that spends, incidentally, that costs the state the equivalent of 1% of what they're actually spending on public education. But she has also been a vicious opponent of public charter schools. And for the layman out there, public charter schools are not for profit public schools that are not mandated to have their teachers be members of the Chicago Teachers Union. These are public schools. Mm -hmm. And to make matters even worse, they have also blocked the district taking advantage of a state law that allows the district to open schools for overage, underachieving high school kids who have dropped out, who have left, who have been incarcerated, and now re are returning to the community. They don't have jobs. They don't have opportunities. The district could be opening those schools, and they'll, they'll, the state would provide funding for those schools. So clearly, the hypocrisy is it, it's just numbing. Right. And then she has capacity to call supporters of school choice racist. I went through an entire campaign where I was constantly being called a racist because of or for school choice, because of my support for public charter schools. Let me point out that 96% of the 54,000 students who go to public charter schools are black or Latino, and 88% of them are low income. So what are, right. uh, are, are the families of of, of well over 50,000 students attending charter schools, fascists and racists. So the, the, the hypocrisy is numbing. They want to maintain a monopoly on a school system that they have dragged, that, that, have, that they have significantly degraded. And I think, uh, and I think the tactics that, they are, uh, that, that you're seeing uh, uh, the union uh, exercise or use in the Chicago Public Schools are now being brought to the city uh, of, of Chicago. Yeah, the tactics work because they're all about shaming those who would use the, the program. For example, if I send my kids to a charter school, then I am a racist and I am to be shunned. That's, the, that's, how, they, that's how they roll. This is the politics in, in Chicago now under Brandon Johnson and his puppet master, Stacy Davis Gates, I don't know how to describe it otherwise, except to say that it must be delicious. I know you don't smoke because, uh, you know, but I would like to think of Paul Vallis leaning back in a lounge chair, enjoying a big cigar <laughs> and, and just taking a long puff and thinking about the hypocrisy of these lefties. It, it, it's delicious. It's, it's, more delicious, Jeff, than your 
multi-berry pie that you don't ah. make for me ever. <laughs> I did make it for you and the family. But but Paul Vallis isn't the type of guy to to, to take joy in this situation because we know Paul the type to get in, involved with the things he wants to see and fix. And you're right, John. I mean, the Chicago way hypocrisy is is rife with Stacey Davis' case. For those who don't know, too, she's this is a woman who's also one of the director of a state uh, program, state union for teachers. She's a, of their political program. She's also the head, the head of the CTU and teacher. So she's all over the place on all this stuff involved heavily. And she does say that you know that if you take tax dollars, my tax dollars. If I, you know, I don't have kids, but I'm paying for kids to go to school. But if I took those tax dollars and took them and you put them to a different school, a private school, that's fascism. And yet she she does the same thing, and it's well, you know, it's my choice. I remember Lourdes Lourdes Monagudo was a deputy education mayor under Daly, and she was caught apparently uh, sending her child to a to a private school, and I and there was a big controversy, and I think that she, she left. She left service, City Hall service. And, uh, you know, it's a big deal. It is a big deal politically because it's simple. It's simply understood. You're a bleeping phony, honey. And everyone knows it now. And so everyone, everybody knows it. Look, uh, you know, it, you know, I take no satisfaction uh, over what's happening in part because I, I really think the city is suffering. And I, and I think the type of leadership style, the politics they're, they're now bringing to City Hall and the management of City Hall. And, and I'll give some examples of that in a minute. But but let me point out the damage that's being done. People need to understand here that that so much of what ails the city is a direct product of the failure of this public school system that consumes almost 60 percent of our property taxes, 25 percent of all the state funding for K-12 education and receives about 40 percent of the federal funding. I mean, they, they got $2.8 billion in COVID money. How has that money been spent? So yeah. today we're expending tremendous resources on a system that people have been fleeing in record number. And people, uh, I did an, an op-ed for the, uh, uh, for uh, Illinois Policy, where, where I serve as a senior advisor, uh, and, uh, and about the direct links between the surge in crime and and the shutting down of schools for 77 consecutive weeks uh, during COVID, long after the CDC and the science and, and the experience of schools that have reopened, like Catholic schools, demonstrated that schools could be opened safely. Uh, during that period of time, John, there's been a 50% increase in murders of school-age youth. And there was a, and of those students, uh, of, those, uh, of, those, uh, of those arrested for murder, 8% of, the, of those arrested for murder, 9% for shootings, over 32% for robberies. Uh, now I think it's over 50% for carjackings. School-age youth, 17 years and younger. You know the one thing they had in common? 90% of them were not enrolled in school. In other words, they have dropped out. I think there's like, I saw the number, it's approaching 40,000 young people aged 16 to 19 who are neither in school nor working and, and and that's catastrophic and so uh, so at the end of the day uh that's the time bomb i mean it, it, you know the surge in crime that you've seen in cities particularly blue cities across the country i believe was in large part the direct result uh of the schools being shut down a school system that was 
that was abysmal even before COVID. Let me also point out that to make matters worse, the unions have become the bank funding many of these anti uh, defund the police, anti police community based organizations, and 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 the unions were there. They were they were out there protesting. They were out there demanding the defunding of the police. They're out there press, pressing and forcing the local school councils to remove the police from the high schools. Half the councils voted to move, remove their police from the high schools, making false claims about the police. The police who are there to deter active shooters. We saw the, the tragic shooting last year in Juarez where two kids were shot after school. Had there been police on duty, that yeah. would not have happened. Schools got out. The kids walked out. Two kids were murdered. Uh, what was the outcry uh, over the fact that the, the that Juarez had had th- under pressure from the Chicago Teachers Union uh, that the local school council had elected to to take away to basically tell the police tell the, the police department that they didn't need the two officers that are stationed at the entrance that are there to deter active shooters. So so they have uh, so they have to take responsibility and and until people realize what a detriment this union leadership is uh, and the damage that they're being, being uh, that they're doing to the schools and to the city as a whole, uh, we're going to continue. I think we're going to continue to degrade as a city. And what about Pritzker in this, in this mix? He's, he's, mm-hmm. she's, he's directing Democrats this week to attack the, what remains of the opportunity scholarship program. Right. Which, which is Paul was talking about earlier. Right. And, 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 uh, She's benefiting because she builds power within the Democrat, the Communist Party, or whatever they call it, the right. Socialist Democratic Party, and uh, children suffer. I wonder how that plays out, or do people, do, or does does media in Chicago not even pay attention because they they don't want to get all upset? They don't. Want to, <laughs> That's the thing. Know. I mean, Illinois. We I I think uh, gun. Death is like the number one or almost the number one cause of death for children in this state. And it's like 8% of all, you know, injury, injuries and deaths are kids. It's caused by a weapon, right? A gun. And a lot of that's coming from the city. And our, look at the numbers of, of the kids who are graduating from the schools in the city. And the numbers are abysmal. So they're burying their heads in the sand thinking that they're somehow going to fix this by, you know, bringing in ch- Chinese automakers and tech companies that build factories <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. Like they think that that's well, if we do enough of that stuff and that's just big and bright and loud enough, and we can get enough positive coverage. My point when we were opening is the whole is the whole look of this thing. Like all the Chicago papers are saying, "Oh, look, you know, Stacey Davis Gates is defending her choice to do this." While the other papers are, "Look, look, this hypocrite is saying this." Like those the headlines themselves are are what shows you what's happening here and why it's not going to change. Here's the the question is. The the media or the Tribune did do, I have to say, maybe Paul knows something about this. They did, I guess, call some of my old columns and and uh, pick up some gumption. And Chris Jones wrote a scathing editorial of Brandon Johnson the other day. I was shocked that it, that they even attempted such a thing. Paul Bellis, well, how did that happen? Well, I'm not shocked with the editorial board. I think they've been outspoken on so many things and. And, you know, they've invited me to contribute and they regularly contribute, and they haven't asked me, uh, they, they haven't uh, 
they haven't basically told me what to write about. They've invited me to submit uh, 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 articles, and and they've uh, accepted they've accepted them all. And uh, and you know that's always a dangerous thing asking me to to write op eds. And uh, you know so I've enjoyed the opportunity to do so, and I've also appreciated the fact that they've that um, other than maintaining a uh, a word count and, and and they've really given me a generous word count. Um, um, my pieces have not been edited, so I appreciate that. And you're right; the the editorial you're referring to really took Johnson to task for clearly and blatantly and almost embarrassingly try, uh, uh, used the race card to justify uh, his really failure to do anything of significance other than to. Uh, address Stacey Davis Skates, Chicago Teachers, right. the first Sunday days, or the fact that, uh, or the fact that uh, 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 they were asking him even the, the most basic questions about his relationship with Stacey Davis Skates, or the fact that he's got a liaison literally meeting with her. It's on a weekly basis or biweekly basis. People at City Hall told me, uh, and and you know because they don't want to have. Johnson on her schedule, you know what I mean? Sure. Uh, you know, they don't want to make the same mistake Lightfoot made. Mm-hmm. And sending emails and sending text messages. I don't think Daly ever sent an email or a text message in his life. <laughs> I know he never sent one to me. He said he sent Tim Degnan. That was that was enough. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the Chicago way. Well, guys, what do you guys what do you think now that the uh, Brendan Johnson, the hero, the skin, thin-skinned hero yeah. of our uh, racial politics. What is he going to do about his tent city? He wants to build a tent city because apparently Paul Vallis and Jeff Carlin, uh, Greektown isn't big enough for all the refugees from the south of the border, from Biden's south of the border. And they're bringing up illegal immigrants elsewhere. There's thousands of them. They have to build a tent city. Where would they build it? Well, well, look. <laughs> as someone who was in the National Guard for 13 years and 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 spent many of uh, many winters up at either Fort McCoy or 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 or, or uh, Fort Riley, the one up in Minnesota, or for that matter, <laughs> you know, being intense in the winter, being intense in the winter in Chicago. Putting hundreds and hundreds of, of of men, women, and children in tents in a winter. I mean, I mean, what well, well, like out of while the, you're demanding them mask up again, like because you're so yeah. afraid of the virus. I mean, what are we what are we thinking here? I think I think uh, Alderman Beal, um, you know, because they had a press conference. They had another press conference where where Brandon Johnson, once the questions got tough, immediately left. Right. And uh, so so the I think the media turned to uh, to uh, Tony Beal uh, because, you know, when when there's no one there to answer questions, it was his press. Right. I think it was on 10 City or his plan for the mm-hmm. they turned to Tony and he pointed out and Beal pointed out that uh, or I was told that he said that no one on the city council has been informed. There's been no briefings. Uh, let's I think they're just well, where should they put them, Paul and Jeff? Uh, I I I think that he he should put them on the North Lakefront where all those progressive uh, <laughs> votes came from because all the white chicks who uh, rescued neutered uh, pit bulls want to uh, want to protect people like you know and and save 
save uh, gangbangers and so forth, and they become socialists. And I think that's where they, where they should put them. Yeah. In Lincoln Park, for, for example, what do you think, Jeff? I mean, remember we the city turned on a dime and we turned part of uh, a McCormick Place into a, a hospital that never saw a patient. I mean, <laughs> spent I, millions of dollars on it, right? Yeah. I like. I feel like there are obvious solutions all over the city. Buildings that could be. I mean, there's a Marine Corps base that's been decommissioned up in the north side, yeah, which is like. Look, John. You know, I, 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 my next op op ed piece that I was uh, I was working on a longer piece on immigration and and on the, the and and on the contributions that immigration that immigrants make to uh, American society and the economy. I mean, people don't realize this, but uh, sure. if if the Latinos were a single GDP, they they have an economy bigger than India, and, and of course, the Haitian immigrants have half the unemployment rate that blacks have uh the nigerians uh, extraordinary mm-hmm. make a great contribution but let me let me tell you the thrust of my commentary was not only obviously to talk about what immigration has meant to this city and being the grandson like we are of greek american immigrants we know what's happened uh, you know i i right now run into cops and firefighters and, and lawyers whose whose grandparents i i worked with and whose parents I worked with, I washed dishes with, I bust tables with in my father's Greek, uh, my father's restaurants. So at the end of the day, we all know the contributions that are being made. But there's a couple of things that need to be done. Uh, you know, the first thing is, number one, uh, the federal government has got to protect the borders. There's absolutely no doubt about it. They have fallen down in so many ways. Uh, but the federal government also has got to put pressure on these states that would play these political games and essentially facilitate the transporting of people uh, to to other states. And I just think they're out of line. And, and the federal government should utilize its power to. But not, they're not out of line. If you, you can't blame Texas for shipping them out when the government, federal government, hasn't done jack scata to help them with millions of migrants coming through. Bottom line is, you can't, you, look, John. I'm sorry, but the, you know this is not human trafficking. It's putting people on buses and you send it in the blue cities just because we have idiot mayors who have basically and and their 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 supporters uh, claiming that we're a welcoming city because that impacts the rest of the bus. So if you're going to you also have to hold these states responsible. This is not. I mean, this is the, you know. Well, I mean, this is clearly a black and white, a federal issue that should be dealt with. Let me tell you three things that the city. I disagree. I disagree. We'll disagree to disagree. disagree. The bottom line is, let me preface my remarks by saying you have to enforce immigration laws. You've got to protect the borders, number one. But you also have to bring some order to what the, the. what the southern border states are doing to the northern states. And and look, I could be mayor right now and they could be basically ship, shipping people to Chicago. So at the end of the day, you know, I don't the politics aside, we're still talking about people. Uh, so you have to do those those things. The federal government has got to step up to the plate and do those things. What we have to do as a city, though, is is also do a couple of things. If we're going to be a sanctuary city, <laughs> you know, don't use your home rule powers to block the enforcement of immigration laws. We have an obligation to have zero tolerance policy when it comes to the enforcement of immigration laws. And, and, and it also applies to individuals who come here with criminal records or 
engage in crimes, commit crimes, violate our ordinances. We've got to be, we've got to have a zero tolerance policy. So people, so we send a signal to those who are seeking asylum or are coming to this country, uh, you know, for, for all the right reasons are coming to this country uh, because they're pursuing the, the American dream like our grandparents did. Uh, uh, we've got to send that right signal. So, so we've got to cooperate with the federal government and enforce immigration laws. The second thing we need to do is if we're a home rule and we're a sanctuary city, this is where we should apply our discretion. This is where we should apply our autonomy. We should be willing to give people temporary work visas. And if they're trying to start a little business like a fruit stand or whatever, like, like my immigrant parents did with their fruit stands and they, you know, they had their little uh, neighborhood street stands when they got started, whatever. I mean, if uh, we should provide them with temporary licenses. But right now, they're here and they can't work. You have a motivated workforce and we're not tapping into it, sure. That's right. Well, if we send a signal that this is temporary status, if send a signal that you've got to find work, if we send a signal that you've got to comply with, with uh, state and, and federal laws, uh, we are going to force uh, 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 you know, the immigration laws, uh, then I think the pro- this problem will, the problem will be mitigated. But 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 they're not doing that. They're basically saying that there's going to be no accountability for violating our laws, for violating our ordinances. While at the same time, they're telling families, they're telling parents, they're telling people who want to work uh, basically that, well, it's the federal government. I mean, the same federal government that we're defying on on issues of public safety is the federal government that that we're that we're uh, that we're blaming for our unwillingness to give uh, these people the temporary, temporary work visa so they, can, so that they can go out and get jobs. If we just did those two things, I think that would significantly improve the situation. Yeah, but by the time they get through with it, buying a peach at the Giuseppe corner, like a uh, fruit stand, will cost 15 bucks wow. for one peach. It already does. You know what I mean? That's what they, they, because you have to pay a living wage to each man who picked up a peach. You know what I mean? It's ridiculous. It's not, it's not real. Yeah. Well, it's all, it's all pie in the sky economics and it's not, no bearing in reality because it's not their money. They don't ever, they have never made a payroll. These uh, leftists have never made a payroll. They have never paid people to work out of their own pocket it's nonsense the attitude that 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 johnson and his supporters are taking is that these individuals coming to this country are are victims so because remember we're in the age where we're all victims we just haven't figured out john you and i uh, a way to figure out how we can call ourselves victims because uh, you know but yeah they're all victims i'm a victim of stupidity <laughs> And they're all entitled, and, and and they're entitled to the same benefits that obviously uh, residents, that hardworking uh, uh, Chicagoans, that 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 they're entitled to. So, so the problem is they're coming in and they're saying we're not going to force our laws, we're not going to enforce our immigration laws. You can come here illegally, and you can reap all the benefits of being here, and we're going to provide you with subsidies, but we're not going to let you work. We're not going to let you open your 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 own businesses. We're going to make you parts of the state. That's the fundamental problem and what I've tried to articulate. And I did this during the campaign at countless forums is, is to basically say, enforce the immigration laws, uh, but 
but uh, remove the obstacles to the uh, to individuals who are here getting integrated into the economy uh, on a timeline uh, with temporary work so these people can go to work. How about this? Improve- you build a fence, you build a fence and you say, get out. This is not your country. You don't belong here. How's that? Well- and if you cross that line, that's it. There's no more coming in. You have to protect the people. But we're talking about my, we're talking about people who are, you know, the system, the, the intake system, the way they can intake people who are set, uh, trying to be a, seek asylum is completely politicized for generations and messed up and, and so it's bad. That we're never going to get close to it. The I Republicans mean, and the Democrats, the Republican Chamber of Commerce wants cheap labor to work in the chicken processing factories and slaughterhouses. And the Democrats want votes. The Democrats want votes. And that's all they care about. Uh, Okay. What we must establish is that the federal government has failed. And I would suggest that the local governments have also failed by sucking up to the sanctuary city lefties and being all sanctimonious and turning Chicago into a sanctuary city, and therefore they, we have the problems. And I'll just point one one thing out to you: Tony Preckwinkle and um, Congressman Chewy Garcia was uh, then the county commissioner, yeah. and they bailed out all these people from ICE detention and and et cetera when they felons when they were caught. And one of the victims was a named man named Denny McCann dragged to his death quarter of a mile down Logan Square Boulevard and uh, killed by a fellow named Saul Chavez who was arrested and then released without telling ISIS what was going on. And uh, he fled to Uh, Mexico. Telling ICE. ICE, ICE, yeah, ICE, and fled to Mexico. And I think they finally caught him again. But the point being that this family has gone through hell. And uh, until the until the progressive politicians like Stacey Davis Gates, like Tony Preckwinkle, eat st- sit there publicly and eat a steaming pile of crow, will I allow? Will I will I go along with that program to mitigate? Because they have to they have to deal with some sort of punishment for their politics. Yes. No. Well, it's me. It's the, yeah. They're getting they got their bluff called, right? I mean, all these sanctuary cities where these leaders they were, did. you know, touting, "Oh, look at us! Oh, look at us! Well, no, we'll take everybody. Trust us. We're we've got big open arms." And right. then when they're put to the mat, you know, "Oh, look, we have no plans in place, and we have no we're idea what Martha's to do with vineyard. this." You know, Brent, right, we're just going to be hypocrites vineyard. about it. Brandon Johnson had the audacity to to uh, condemn or to criticize uh, aggressively criticize Adams in New York because Adams said. If, if they don't get control over this, it's the, the, they're going to bury the city. They're going to destroy the city. Uh, of course, yeah. New York has taken in, I think, 112,000, and they're spending billions. And, you know, Johnson has the audacity to criticize Adams. Well, you know, the, the city was given a choice. So they want somebody like yourself who's got the ideas and plans and wants to say, let's think of these things before we do them. Or do we want the city your pants hypocrite brigade who wants to drive everybody into one pot, one chicken, and that's all you get? I mean, it's 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 just not going to happen. I mean, uh, so what do, how do we how do we get people to remember this when it comes time to throw them out of office? That's that's the they won't. Question. They'll have another thing. They'll have like you know <clears throat> some uh, some other racist conspiracy, like oh the racists are coming or something, and they'll 
they'll gin up the race race based voting politics because that's all they do. That's what they do. I think what you do is you don't remain silent. Certainly, John, you haven't, and certainly I haven't. And and, and look, I've been. Neither's Jeff. <laughs> I began, and Jeff, I began to uh, you know provide my commentaries and do my op eds five years ago when Rahm Emanuel was still married. So at the end of the day, I, I'm going to continue to do what I'm uh, what what I have been doing uh, really all my life, and and that's speaking out on these issues and trying to articulate pathways to solving these problems and i'm going to continue to do that and and i think others have to do that too and what we've got to do is is not to be intimidated when they call us names because sometimes you just have to push back and they're bullies and they're going to bully people and they're going to bully people and they're going to call them racist and they're going to call them fascists and they're going to make all sorts of accusations what we also need to do is we need to speak out uh, you know so so that some of the those who would Say the most outrageous things, or 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 uh, focus on the more outrageous solutions. Are not the one are not the only ones responding. I mean, I already saw it in some of the news articles when they were talking about the the proponents of school choice. They kept on saying right wing and other school choice advocates. You know, I mean, so so they're playing. That's the that's the media. What do you expect from a Chicago media, Paul? Yeah. So what you all you they're they're just so look. The socialists that the the democratic socialists that took control of the Chicago media through the unions at the Sun Times and the Chicago Tribune through the uh, Marxist Tribune Guild are all are all hard lefties, and they're, they're so they're they're writing the stories in a certain way, and the editorial board I give Chris Jones credit a tip of the hat tries to write the ship by offering a different perspective well I, that's it's constantly like that. well john you know what what you do is you continue to speak out because there are plenty of opportunities to do that you know um, you look at what chris jones is doing on the uh, on the editorial board you look at uh look i did a long interview on wbez uh on this very issue said the very same I told you, and 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 at the end of the day, they gave me the form to do that, the unedited form to do that. Uh, the, um, uh, two weeks ago, I was on um, I was on Jonas Esposito for half an hour. You know, I used to co-host with her, and then I would co-host uh, with uh, Amy Jacobson from time to time. Little did I, <laughs> and 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 at the end of the day, I said the same thing as on both stations. So at the end of the day, we we have to continue to speak out as you're doing with your podcast. As you're doing with your uh, with your website, with your with your your service, with with uh, your new service, and and we just have to do that because there there are opportunities to get the uh, uh, the voice out, and and the media to their credit to their credit are are you know at least the the uh, the uh, uh, the TV stations, Mary Annie Hearn and others, they have been asking the those tough questions again and again and again, and they're not going to let them out to it. So I just think that we've got to speak in, 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 uh, in our articulate and informed way. And we're not going to allow people to, uh, to call us names or to, to try to generalize or to try to categorize us. We, we refuse to do that. And you, you, it's the way to deal with bullies is to stand up to them. And that's, uh, and that's something that I've always believed. And that's something. Even- <coughs> Even when they overwhelm us at the polls, right, Paul? 
Well, you know, look, uh, Brandon, uh, Brandon Johnson got, uh, I got 48 and a half percent of the vote. And, uh, and if 15, uh, if 10, it was like the Rob Blagojevich race. If you remember 20 years ago, I lost by, if, if 12,500 people had voted differently, I would have won that race. And of course, then, you know, deja vu all over again, as, as uh, Yogi Berry used to say. But 20 years later, I, I, I lose to Brendan Johnson by that much. Look, this is an extremely blue state. The demographics, the polling data, the tracking polls showed us that well over, well over sixty percent of the city are just not Democrats, but they're, but, but they're, they're, you know, they're, they're liberal uh, and, 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 and hardcore lefties. Liberal. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, they, they won. I mean, the the teachers union, the Pritzkers, the you know, Stacey Davis Gates, the Johnsons. The Preckwinkle of the world, they they won, and so they're in charge, and so they have to own it. And if and if things aren't turning around, which they haven't yet in my lifetime, they've just gone the other way. I, it's it's on them, and unfortunately, I don't think it's going to change until that becomes self evident. And you're seeing it. I mean, I, my neighborhood wise words crime is is becoming you know more and more dangerous, more and more rampant. People, things are 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 threads of of civility and society are are tearing and starting to fray heavily. And it's and the only change is going to happen when that becomes you know a knocking on our doors and and it's getting there. I mean we're getting there, so little fingers crossed that that things will change. When people ask me, Paul, when when Paul Vellis uh, lost the election, and uh, <clears throat> I was angry. I was angry at the voters, and I was angry at Paul for uh, the way some of the campaign was run. But they asked me uh, what will happen now. I said <clears throat> it doesn't really matter, but. The city will hit bottom. Before it hits bottom, all the people that have some influence will run, and and those who are left behind are those who are left behind. And that's the fact of life. Mm. That's what's going to happen. I don't know how to make it any nicer any other way. The city will have to hit rock bottom first, and I'm not going to help. I'm not going to help the architects of its demise by by soothing their path out. I want them to sit there, Tony Preckwinkle, Stacey Davis Gates, Brandon Johnson with a big plate of crow. I want them to eat heckle and jekyll stew. I want them to eat it and enjoy it because that's all that, that's all we have now. That's it. Well, you know, I want to close by uh, by basically making this observation. Um, um, uh, and again, what what they're doing to the schools, Johnson is, and his allies are going to do to the city. And that's not to suggest that the city doesn't have immense problems that were inherited and they have to be dealt with. But this is not the crew that's going to deal with them. The, the whole approach that the unions have taken with the schools is to reduce any sort of accountability. Not only to it's to it's to secure a monopoly and then to basically not be held accountable. Uh, they they're 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 getting rid of testing. They've returned to social promotion, so so kids are promoted regardless of whether or not they can read or write. I think eighty four percent graduation rates last year. Yet one in four kids are meeting state standards in reading. One in six meeting state standards in black in 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 math. Only six percent of the black kids, uh, uh, black students, are performing at grade level. Yet seventy nine percent were promoted were were uh, graduated. The second thing they're doing is they don't want to hold schools accountable. 
for uh, for uh, academic performance. And the third thing is they don't want to hold teachers accountable. And look, the overwhelming vast majority of the teachers uh, are dedicated and they're committed and things like that. But you've got, and I, I think Waterpoint pointed out that uh, teacher evaluations, not a single teacher did not meet the uh, uh, standards that, that, that failed their their teacher evaluation. So, so what they want is they don't want a scorecard. They don't want to be held accountable. They, uh, you're talking about a mayor who would not grade his kids, who would who didn't want to test his students. Uh, you know, someone who lasted as four years as a teacher before realizing that if he was, if he was going to survive, he needed to become a union organizer. <laughs> so at the end of the day, they want to bring this lack of accountability to the city, uh, a city that already struggled with accountability. And you're seeing it. You're seeing it. You're seeing it in his response to questions from the media. You're seeing it in his in 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 the way he's posturing himself uh, when he's constructively criticized. They don't want a scorecard. And when they're attacked, they they will attack in return. I, I do not anticipate that this one would hope that this is an administration that once you assume a position of executive responsibility, you can begin to see the force in the trees from your position and you can begin to demonstrate independence. We've seen individuals who, who are obscure, uh, pursue, uh, uh, assume a, a position of leadership and turn out to be dynamic leaders. I, I have my grave doubts that uh, Johnson's going to be that type, although the jury is still out. But in the first hundred days, what we're seeing in the city of Chicago is vintage Chicago teachers union. You know, uh, don't do anything. Uh, 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 don't uh, criticize anyone who's going to criticize you. Um, uh, avoid accountability by all costs. Uh, and when attacked, go on the attack. Uh, and of course, play the race card because they're going to play it again and again and again and again. I mean, the audacity of Stacey Davis Gates claiming that she uh, there was not a uh, blaming the system for the lack of quality educational options in her community when this is a school system that this union has dominated, right. if not directed yeah. for 12 years, and a school system that is spending $30,000 per student, the audacity for her to blame a system that she has been responsible for degrading for the reasons that she's sending her, her, uh, her, her one child to uh, a, a uh, private school. It's absolutely out, hypocritical and outrageous, and and that's what people are angry about. So uh, we'll see yeah. what happens. Uh, yes, we'll we what, will. Um, yes, we will. It's we. Yes, we can <laughs> to throw some Obama hope in there. Yes, we can. Paul Vellis, thanks for joining us on thanks, the Chicago Paul. Way. Thank you. All the best for Paul Vellis. Should have been mayor. And for Jeff Carlin, executive producer, WGN Radio, friend of cats, friend of pies, maybe he'll make me one. And for me, John Cass, host of, co-host of the Chicago Way and editor-in-chief of johncassnews.com, thanks for joining us. And join us again, won't you, on the Chicago Way on WGN+. Plus.